Well, hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you so much for being here today and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to help your child reach their optimum level of recovery. And the definition of recovery is to regain health. We want to get at the root causes of problems and issues that are going on that are causing our children's health and behaviors to be uncomfortable for them. When my son was diagnosed with autism 14 years ago now, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and that there was nothing else that we would be able to do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But fortunately, my background as a craniosacral therapist studying the brain let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism specifically at the time. And I didn't want to drug him, and I found quickly that it was pretty much up to me to do the research and figure it out what, what was going to be able to help him get better. And so I was unwilling to give up as you are because you're here, and I appreciate that because your child can have a better quality of life no matter what level of recovery they reach. Today, my son is fully recovered from his symptoms of autism. He's not even diagnosable anymore. He just graduated college. He lived over a thousand, a thousand miles away from me on his own in his own apartment at college, and he's completely fine. Everybody's level of recovery, again, is different, but your child can improve. And again, it's back to getting to those root causes. And if you've been here for a while with us and you know that, it's more than just diet. It's there are several steps to recovery, clearing out the, the inflammation and the toxins so that the brain can function at optimum. But the very, very first step is to remove the, the bad, really eliminating the toxic foods that caused inflammation. And if you go to my uh, a free download I have for you, a link, it'll be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods, just the number seven and foods with no spaces. And uh, that'll give you a free download that will give you the top seven foods to start eliminating for your child's diet today. And it's a slow process because you'll find your child is addicted to those foods. And one of the subjects that we're gonna talk about today is around natural allergy elimination. And there are different things that people think about with allergies. And it, most of the time you're thinking about foods. And we do get what are called acquired allergies because as the lining of the gut has something called leaky gut, which is actually holes that have been bored into the lining of the gut that allow undigested foods into the bloodstream, then the immune system sees them as foreign agents to attack and sets out markers and they become an, a known allergen for the body. Fortunately, these things can be eliminated. They can be desensitized to. And so we're going to talk about that today, but we're also going to be talking about not just foods that can be eliminated from, your, uh, from the allergy sensitivities, but other things like a lot of kids are getting co-infections, co Lyme disease, mold biotoxins, strep infections, viruses, candida, different things that the, the body starts having just regular triggers to. So we have a special expert with us today. I'm very excited to introduce you to Kara. And I'm sorry, Kara, I should have gotten the clear uh, <laughs> translation for your last name before okay. we begin. <laughs> you can share that. <laughs> sure. But um, Kara but, uh, but does uh, natural allergy elimination and uh, one form of it. And she can tell you further about her background, but I'll just give you a little bit um, 
of, of her background as well. She's a, a fellow IAOTP member. We're both in the International Association of Top Professionals. And Kara is a her background is in it says speech language pathology, specializing in the areas of early childhood language development and stroke population, and received her BS from New York University and MA from St. John's University in speech language pathology, which I'm sure our listeners are very interested in as well. She has completed the coursework from her PH for her PhD in speech and hearing sciences. Uh, Dr. I'm going to say the Sicho Sandre? Almost. <laughs> is the supervisor of speech and swallowing department in the acute hospital in Brooklyn and has been an adjunct professor in the communication sciences department at St. John's University since 2003. She has written children's books, integrating critical language development with creative writing. And she also is an advocate and uh, supports parent rights. And we're going to talk about some of the parental choices and rights that you have as well for uh, some of the things that um, we have various choices in, uh, about with our children's health. Um, also, it's important to know that, um, again, she's certified as an NAET practitioner, which stands for Nambutrabod's Allergy Elimination Technique, with specialties in autism, ADD, ADHD, radiation allergies, environmental allergies, and is on her way to specialize in anaphylaxis and infertility. She is certified in acupoint physical medicine by the International Association of Medical Acupuncture and is working to complete her certification in applied kinesiology by the International Kinesiology Training Institute. And I will say I am a huge advocate for muscle testing. I teach it in my membership program as well. Um, and this is something that is used in this technique. So when you, we say applied kinesiology, um, and and uh, Kara, you can explain it a little further. People can help to understand. Uh, it's very, very valuable to know as a parent. And I'll even link to a, um, a muscle testing resource guide or, or video that I have. I'll write myself a note right now in the show notes, which will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 98, just the numbers 98. So Kara, welcome. And thank you so much for being here with us today. I appreciate your, your time and your expertise here. Thank you for having me, Karen. I'm excited to see you again. It's good to see you. Um, so my last name is DeChico Sandre. So it's the DeChico that throws a lot of people off. So you're not the only ones. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. So I was a licensed, I am a licensed speech language pathologist for the past 20 something years. And when I started, I, I was actually a patient of NAT and I started seeing the amazing progress that my practitioner was making in so many different areas. And I just knew I had to do this because healing on a greater level was just something that I was really drawn to. So I went and I went ahead and did all the coursework and finished all the certifications that I needed in order to practice NAT. And that was my starting point. And now there is no going back. I absolutely love what I do. I see the progress in every single patient that I work with and it's simply amazing. And I've worked with numerous, numerous babies or children with autism over the years as well, too. And parents will want to hear, you know, once we can explain it a little bit and then, you know, maybe talk about some of the, the results that you've seen, the changes mm -hmm. that you've seen in the people that you've sure. worked with in these children. Um, so we talk about working with the root causes and uh, maybe you want to give a little bit of background on basically how this, how this works. Sure. So 
anything that's going on in our body is due to some kind of underlying intolerance that we're having, whether it's like an allergy intolerance or some kind of energetic intolerance. There's something going on that's off in the body. Now, what's natural for our body is to be in homeostasis, is to be in complete balance. So when something is going on in the body, like autism or an ADHD or uh, food sensitivities or infertility, anything across the board, we want to get to the underlying cause of why those things are happening. So underlying causes can be anything from things, simply foods that you're eating that are your body's intolerant to, and it's causing inflammation in the gut. So once you have inflammation in the gut, then that is going to lead to a whole array of problems, which includes either, you know, child, like late onset or adult onset, onset food allergies. Um, it could lead to these secondary infections as well, too, because the, the gut is the brains of the immune system. So I was talking about the gut and the inflammation and then the secondary infections that could happen because of the inflamed gut. And what happens with that is that, you know, are things like parasites or different bacteria or fungus are, it's natural for our body to be able to release them on its own. But what happens is because of that inflammation, because of the gut damage that you may have, then it causes a problem in the body with your body actually releasing them. So that's one potential underlying cause. Um, another thing could be even emotional factors. There could be emotional things that trapped emotions from when you were younger or you know something traumatic that's happened that have caused some kind of issue in the body as well. There's, there is a genetic component to a lot of things, but it's typically not the only thing. What I'm seeing in my experience is that there may be like a little bit of a genetic component, meaning like maybe you're predispositioned for something, but that doesn't really mean that you're going to actually get whatever you're predispositioned for. There's the environmental stuff that comes in that actually, boom, like sets you off into whatever issue your body is going to have then um, there's different things like physical agents, which could be weather-related issues or radiation. I'm actually seeing a lot of radiation allergies lately as well too, which is causing things like ticks in the voice or almost these Tourette-like uh, symptoms in patients. So that's pretty interesting. And um, things like injections, you know, if you're, which can be different vaccines. It could be medications. Like some people take injectable medications and even things like Botox and fillers. Like those are things that are injectables that are playing a role in the health of the body. So there, there are tons of underlying causes that could potentially be causing whatever issues going on in your body. But it's always really important to get to the bottom of that, which we do through the muscle testing, the applied kinesiology. Right. And so to explain it a little bit to our listeners, basically you're, you're testing to find as well, if there is an acceptance for whatever, if you're trying to accept a food or a supplement, first you want to test if that, that food or supplement is acceptable to the body and then at what dosage, because the dosage also, or the quantity makes a big difference uh, because we don't want to just do a blanket, you know, cookie cutter thing for everybody. So uh, maybe you could explain a little bit more about about that end of it, and so for sure. for people who are new to it. Absolutely. So, muscle testing is really interesting. It's it's a natural physiological response that your body has to things that you're tolerant to versus intolerant to. And when I have a new patient come in the office, the 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 analogy that I use is it's like kryptonite to Superman. So if you have something that you have an intolerance to, then I'm like looking around my room. If you have something that you have an intolerance to and you hold it in your hand, 
you're going to have a weak muscle response. And it's super interesting to watch videos on it if, um, if anyone is, has never seen it before. And so we can figure out what your body is tolerating and what it's not tolerating. Now, another question I ask when I'm muscle testing is, is this to the benefit of your body? So we want to know if there's an intolerance. No. If there's not an intolerance, then we want to know, is this to the benefit of your body? Is this going to benefit you? Because I'm also a minimalist when it comes to supplements. So some people need more supplements. And if it muscle tests, yes, then that's great. But some people are overtaking supplements that their body doesn't necessarily need. And that could potentially lead to some kind of harm as well. If you're taking like fat soluble vitamins, for example, you know, your body creates those and stores them. So you don't want too much uh, vitamins like vitamin D or vitamin B. You don't want too much of that. So, um, and then when, and then when it comes to dosing as well too, so we can muscle test dosages and that's, you know, it's, just because it says on a supplement that this is what the recommended dosage, it does not necessarily mean that that's what your body wants. So sometimes it's less and sometimes it's more. Like there's certain things like even like vitamin C, for example, like I just did a video on, on vitamin C. So I, I, I had this terrible virus last winter. <laughs> it was a terrible virus. It had me knocked out for a few days. And, um, some people may be familiar with it. <laughs> it's the one that's kind of going around. Mm. And um, I was muscle testing myself. So I've tested myself and I, was do I dosed myself at 12,000 milligrams of vitamin C for a virus. And, um, and it's, you know, I know it's water soluble. I know that your body's going to excrete what you don't need. So it's safe. It's not unsafe to take that much if you spread it out, especially. And this virus that I had was gone within two days. So it was, so just by, if I would have dosed that differently, or if I would have followed the directions on the bottle, that's not what would have happened. So it's really important to, to get the dosing right too. So if any doctor is recommending any kind of supplements to someone, I usually ask my patient, did they muscle test it? They didn't, all right, let's muscle test it then. So I would know, I would need to know what's it for? Like, why did they recommend this to you? I would like to see blood work if they have. I want to see what their, the blood work says. Not everybody has it, but a lot of doctors these days are doing it, which is really great. And, and then we would muscle test it from there to see, is, this, is your body going to benefit from this? And at what dose? Right. Absolutely. And um, I find too, with um, all of the pieces in, like, for example, with, with gut healing, you know, there are a lot of things, not just the food allergies, but then things like candida can bore holes mm -hmm. in the lining of the intestinal tract and glyphosate, which is the, the weed killer roundup is mm -hmm. being sprayed on our, a lot of our crops, especially yes. the crops. Yes. So you really need to eliminate the pesticides. You need to eliminate um, mold exposure. Very, very common. 29% of the population has this genetic defect. And then Lyme's disease is really, really common with children with autism. And that can really disrupt mm -hmm. the gut as well. So look, I hear from a lot of parents, they'll say, oh my, you know, I've, ha I've had my child on a, even maybe an organic and a gluten-free and diet. And they think that they're, you know, they've been doing well. And, uh, and then they're like, but, but it's still not really getting better. And it's usually because of these underlying co-infections that are still disrupting the gut process. And so that's why it's important to work with the co-infections as well. And uh, another thing that can be carried in the gut, a lot of people think of strep and I see strep so commonly um, as strep throat, but it's not mm -hmm. always in the throat. It can be held in the gut as well. And you can become sort of a carrier for it. Mm -hmm. And when we don't have enough hydrochloric acid in the gut and the stomach acid, you might notice with people who have a lot of GERD or acid backup, mm -hmm. 
that um, then when they when the gut's disrupted, it doesn't have enough acid, it's not able to fight off the strep in the gut. So Kara, maybe you could address some of these these you know, other underlying infections and issues and how you work with those. Sure. So again, it would start with muscle testing. So we're going to muscle test what is going on in the body. I have to say in my experience in doing NAAT with children with autism, 100% of them so far have had something going on in their gut when it comes to a co-infection. So it's most commonly bacteria. It's some kind of bacteria. And there are hundreds to thousands of different types of bacteria. So what I try to do is narrow down which, which one or which ones it actually is, and then we start clearing those. Um, I would say I do see molds is very common as well. Parasites are very common as well, I notice. And, and then even fungus. I see a little bit of fungus as well too that just gets trapped in the body and it's not able to release itself. So when you have that inflammation in the gut, which is really where it starts, uh, especially in cases like autism or ADHD, you know, we have that gut brain connection. So the, if the gut is where it starts, you know, that's why it's being affected up here. So when you have that inflammation in the gut, your body can't release these, these, um, infections that are going on in the body. So, you know, there's, I, I just read an article recently that said 50% of people walk around with parasites and they don't even realize that they have parasites and they think they run to the bathroom once and they're like, Oh, I ate something bad. There was something I had, but then that happens once a month and it happens for a few days and they don't even realize that that's what it is. So, and also parasites are tricky too, because they like to hide and they hatch at different cycles. So there's no way to predict the parasite. And you may think that it's gone and it's not necessarily gone. And, you know, people who have strong guts and who have done a lot of gut work and gut healing and they've used the bone broth and the probiotics and whatever other supplements that they're using in order to heal the gut, the, the people with the strong guts, you know, you may go out to dinner, you have something that has a parasite in it, you eat it you go to the bathroom and it's gone. Like your body actually can get rid of it. That's the purpose of what a strong gut is supposed to do. And unfortunately, when we're working with autism, like there's so many gut issues that we need to really focus on healing the gut. And then things kind of fall into place. That's when the body starts to heal itself. Right. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that up to 80% of the immune system comes from the gut. So a strong mm -hmm. gut means a strong immune system. And especially Absolutely. With, you know, COVID and everything going on right now, you know, starting with healing the gut, which again is, you know, step one of the whole process, but really mm -hmm. it's the, the, you're starting to lay that foundation. And that's what's important is you want to strengthen the foundation and then start working with the other pieces along the way as well. And then there are neurotransmitters, brain messengers that are made in the gut. And if the gut's not working mm -hmm. well enough, things like serotonin, dopamine that are mm -hmm. you know, responsible for mood stability and sleep and appetite that, and focus, the ability to focus, if the, if the gut's not working well, the brain can't function well. So very much starts with the gut. Um, so Kara, I know there are different, there are of course different parasites, but there are really different um, strains of things like um, mm -hmm. Uh, strep, for instance. Mm -hmm. So what would you, um, you have uh, various vials, and this is how your work, maybe you can kind of explain a little bit how the allergy elimination works, because there are different things that you test for to see what a, a person has, and how yes. you can eliminate specifics. Yeah, so so we use um, energy vials. I just grabbed my one of my kits. So, um, so this is basically a vial. If if people are able to, if we do the video, then it's it's 
a vial that has water in it, there's a certain frequency attached. So we know that everything on the planet has a frequency attached to it. So we have a machine. These are, these are professionally made, but I do have the machine that mimics frequencies. So this is salmonella, for example. So here's a vial for salmonella, which is a bacteria. And I have kits and kits and kits of different bacterias and different viruses and different parasites. And it's all done through the muscle testing. So I would be, we would, you know, touch the vial and then muscle test a strong or a weak response to it. Anything that's a weak response, that's what we do is we pull it out and that's what the patient gets treated for. So we're basically going, going through these uh, root causes again. And are yes. you, um, so how many uh, co-infections or things do you, are you desensitizing in one session? So it depends on what the body allows me to do, but I would say typically between two and six. Okay. Six and is the most that I've, that mm -hmm. a body has allowed me. And it's also typically from different categories of allergies. So I can desensitize for a food. I could desensitize for emotion, for um, something infectious, uh, something injected. So if it's from different categories, the body seems to allow me to do it and it works. Mm -hmm. Muscle yeah. response is strong after the treatment. So it's been working very well. I definitely have found the, the underlying emotional component to be very strong. For some people, it can be the, the underlying real component of what's preventing the healing process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're doing this now remotely. And so maybe you could explain that a little bit. Some people are really unfamiliar with that possibility. Um, I do, and I'll link to how you can find uh, an allergy elimination practitioner uh, near you um, for various, you know, worldwide mm -hmm. um, places. Yes. But I know that you're doing this remotely and a lot of work like this is being done this way these days and it's being done very effectively this way, mm -hmm. but it's such a foreign concept to people. So maybe you could just give a little bit of background on that too. Yes. So I have to start with saying that NAET is not technically done remotely. That's, that's done in person on the back points, but there are other methods that do remote types of healing like the emotion code and the body code so there are different ways that i'm studying to that do it that treat remotely as well so the way that remote works is it takes a skilled practitioner of course and it's about connecting with the other person's energy and this is something like i originally i originally learned this in reiki so when i was trained in reiki they teach you how to do remote healings and it's about intention it's about focus and it's about connecting with the person that you're healing so when if i'm doing like an emotional clearing on someone we would do a video chat just like this and and then I would figure out what emotions are going on, where, if there's a blockage, sometimes I even do um, the, like sometimes there's chakra blockages as well also. So when we get into like the energy stuff and it's a matter of just clearing out where the blockage is or wherever the, whatever the intolerance is, just by connecting with the other person's energy. Mm -hmm. It's, if you've experienced it, it, it makes sense to you. If it's something that's foreign to you, it may seem really weird. It mm -hmm. may be very abstract because people just don't understand. And there's always gonna be people who are just, who just don't, will never get it because there's no proof, you can't prove anything. Even if though you were in person, I'd be able to prove it to you because I'd have you step out of the room and do it and then bring you back in and show you that you're still strong to it. But muscle testing has been around for, for decades and same thing with muscle testing, you can muscle, I can muscle test anybody in the world. I just need to know who it is. If I can connect with their energy, I can muscle test them. Right, and what kind of uh, results? have you seen changes that you've seen from uh, that you could give examples to uh, our, our listeners for? So it, specifically to autism or in general? 
Um, in general, but then, you know, mostly around oh, okay. symptoms of autism yeah. because most of our listeners are, are, have, are parents of children with autism. Yeah. So I have, I can, uh, I can give you a remote example of a, a friend of mine who we have in common actually, who I treated remotely for her emotions. Like she was having a rough day. So I get a text message from her, please clear me, <laughs> just clear me like something's wrong. So I cleared her emotions, but then I go about my day, you know, I have people coming into my office and I get busy and I, I forgot to text her that she was done. She texted me an hour later saying, thank you so much. I feel so much better. She didn't know that I had treated her yet, you know, but she knew because she felt the difference in her body. So I get a lot of that, especially when I'm working with emotional stuff. I do get a lot of that. Like people, they feel it in their body. They don't even, they don't need for me to tell them that they're treated. Um, then I have one little boy who's one of uh, this kid has my heart. He, his name is Jake and his mom would absolutely love the fact that I'm talking about him right now on here. He has been with me for two years. So he is, his parents are of the most committed parents I've ever worked with. He is five years old, five and a half years old. He's going to be six. So I started with him at about three and he came to me completely nonverbal. He came to me with no eye contact. His head was down. He was stimming, lots of stimming. And he couldn't walk three steps without tripping on the floor. Like his motor skills were off. His fine motor skills were off. Uh, he's, his feeding was off. Like he had no speech. Like he was severely autistic. He was pretty severe at, the, at that point that he was diagnosed. So he, mom was super committed. She came every single week the last two years. If we've missed a week, it was a fluke. It was very seldom. And I would say it took him a f maybe two or three months and he started walking without tripping. It started with the gross motor skills. And that's typically what does happen is it will start with the improvement will start with the gross motor and then it'll work its way to the fine motor. Now speech of course is the finest of fine motor because you're dealing with so many like fine motor movements and you're dealing with like the formulation of speech which happens here to the motor speech which, which happens here and then getting it actually out. So there's a lot more components to it and a lot more detail, a lot more muscles and a lot more nerves are used. Mm -hmm. So he was walking and you know within a few months he's running around now he's running on trampolines and in, in and I actually met him at one of those kitty bounce houses at one point with my kids and and he was running around with my kids they're all the same age and and just seeing the difference in in that in the progression and then the words started coming and then more words started coming and now he's up to I, I mean he has to have between 250 and 500 words at this point. And not only is it words, he's actually speaking in sentences. So he can tell you what he wants. So now we're focusing a lot on the brain and speech and co-infections and sometimes they linger. Sometimes the co-infections do linger. So, I mean, this little boy is just amazing. And he is just something special. I mean, I think there's something special about every single kid that has autism. I think that there's like a reason why they're on this planet mm -hmm. and, and they're just, they're here to just kind of, you know, show the world who they are. And, mm -hmm. and it's, and he is just, I mean, the progress that this kid has made is unbelievable. They have actually, they lowered the amount of uh, like the, the ratio of the students to teachers, you know, they put him in like a less restrictive class and he's, you know, he still gets some sensory work. He still gets, you know, his ABA and the speech, but he can communicate with his parents. Like that's the thing is like, they can actually 90% of the time figure out what he wants and he can tell them what he wants. And he loves swimming and he loves going on a boat. Like these are things that he wouldn't do because of sensory beforehand and hardly stems. At this point, it's funny because 
his mom will text me saying he's stimming. <laughs> like, why is he stimming? Because it's so not normal at this point for him to stim that she's like, what's going on? What happens? And I have to tell you very often it's emotional at this point. There's something emotional that's going on or there's an allergy to somebody that he's around. He's, this kid has actually had allergies to people. He's had allergies to teachers. He had allergy, an allergy to like a, a, a desk in his class. Like there were things like items and objects that you wouldn't think that you'd have an, a, an intolerance to, but he actually had, he's had some interesting, crazy, some crazy clearings because it's just something that's just so bizarre that people just would never think that you'd be intolerant to. But his attitude shifted afterwards. The emotions were gone after he was cleared. He's, it's really cool. Really cool. Right. Wow, that's amazing. I know it's mm -hmm. wonderful. A lot of times when um, so many things are going along well, um, I'll, you know, if, if they'll have a really heightened response, you know, they'll have maybe a PANS flare up, which is mm -hmm. uh, an acronym. If you haven't heard it before, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric mm -hmm. syndrome. And I can link to an interview I've done about it, but, um, but that can get triggered when there's a heavy detoxification mm -hmm. or, uh, you can have, as, as, as Kara's mentioning, emotional responses, or you can have mold exposure. Uh, maybe they, they went to school and school had mold in it and, and, or one mom, her, her son, she took him for a haircut and, uh, she didn't, she, all of a sudden, like within days, he was just horrible and he had been really doing well and she couldn't figure out what was changing and we troubleshooted, troubleshooted. And it went back to that barbershop had a bunch of mold in it and he had 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 mold biotoxins mm -hmm. have been triggered and so the inflammation response was severe so there are various things that can cause this people say what causes to me what causes this what causes that? it can be different for each child and it's how the neurological system the central nervous system is affected and so by getting to these underlying co-infections and other issues and especially emotional uh that you know you can see really really amazing uh changes in children and and they really can live a, a much better quality of life. So thank you, Kara, so much for being here today. Um, first of all, I want to, or before we wrap up, I do want to make sure um, you can give, uh, uh, give us some, uh, give our listeners a, a contact information, how people can get a hold of you. Sure. Uh, my website is www.allergyrelease.com. So it's A-L-L-E-R-G-Y, R-E-L-E-A-S-E.com. My email address is Kara, C-A-R-A, Nate, N-A-E-T, at gmail.com. And I do have a Facebook page called Balance Your Energy. And then in parentheses, it's called Holistic Allergy Clearing. Okay, great. Thank you. And I will link to that on the show notes page, which will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 98. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up, Kara? I think that, well, one, I think what you're doing is wonderful. And it's, I'm so happy that you had such an amazing recovery story with your son. And it's, people just need to understand that there are ways to treat it <laughs> and there are ways to heal it. And when you just get yourself in touch with a practitioner that, that you just mesh with and, and they, they can help you and they, they believe they can help you. And then just, just, just for your child it's so worth it. It's, it really is. It, it's life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I, I always like to say is just don't ever give up, mm -hmm. you know, know that there's hope out there and that there are answers and, uh, and support because absolutely really just need the support. It, it's a tough journey. You know, it can be, it can be challenging. That's for sure. I would say, you know, being a parent of a child, being a parent isn't for sissies, 
but being a paramedic or not doesn't really is a resistance. No. <laughs> you know, I was like, that's we for chosen sure. for a reason. Yes. And so we're our children and we're, you know, we're here to, to make those changes as positive as we can and help educate the world. So yes. thank you, Kara, so much for being here with us. I really appreciate again, your time. Thank and your you. Expertise, and um, we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you so much.